Holiday Let Success, episode number six. The definitive guide to holiday let success. From interviews with successful holiday homeowners and industry experts to useful and usable ideas, resources and discussion. Hello and welcome to Holiday Let Success. I'm your host, Elaine Watt, and today I've been chatting to a guy called Mikey Rocks. Now, Mikey is an Airbnb genius. Airbnb is a huge company on which you can rent out all sorts of different types of properties from one room to a treehouse to an airbed, which is how it actually started. The founders needed some help in how to pay their rent and they decided that they were going to rent out an airbed in their spare bedroom and hence was born Airbnb. It's a huge the moment there's some lovers of Airbnb there's some haters of Airbnb and everybody has a success story and I'm sure there's people who aren't doing so well but today we are going to speak to somebody who is doing exceptionally well he's going to teach us exactly what it is that he's done the steps that he's taken what makes him so so exceptional in this field and you will hear some incredible incredible advice on how to implement this for yourself I'm going on an Airbnb journey myself. Now, Mikey's over in the States. He's in a really, really busy part of the world where people are constantly wanting to go and stay. He's in Manhattan. It's an affordable way for people to go and stay. Now, I'm in the UK and I'm just on the edge of the Cotswolds. It's a totally, totally different area. Although we have a lot of people coming here to visit, are they going to want to stay in our spare room? Or in my case, in our office in the garden, which is a beautiful room and has its own bathroom, its own space. And yeah, my husband uses it as an office. So I'm going to test it out over here in the UK and you can keep up with my progress, what works, what doesn't work at holidayletsuccess.com. You can bob over there, see some of the videos and the photographs of what I have been doing. And I will definitely be taking on board some of Mikey's awesome advice. So let's listen in to what Mikey had to say now and I will chat to you at the end. Thanks for listening. Okay, so today it gives me great pleasure to welcome Mikey Rocks. Hi Mikey, how are you? I'm well, thanks Elaine. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Now a little bit about Mikey. He has his own PR and marketing business, Paper Rock Scissors. And in addition, he's been hugely successful in the micro subletting world. He's here today to tell us what micro subletting actually is what's involved and how he's absolutely storming the process and making big money on the side. Hopefully he'll give us some idea of how you can do it too. Hi Mikey, tell us a bit about you. Um, so yes, as you mentioned, I am uh, the founder of a company, a marketing PR company called Paper Rock Scissors. Uh, it started out as a, a copywriting and creative consulting company that sort of evolved uh, over the years to basically uh, two sects. So one of them is still marketing and, or excuse me, still uh, copywriting and creative consulting where I supply copywriting uh, to, to small businesses and corporations. And the other half is uh, public relations where I try to get my clients, most of whom have tangible products, 
uh, on television and into uh, magazines and newspapers, other places that they can can get notice and, and exposure. Excellent. So how did you get into this micro subletting? Where is it that you call home? I call Manhattan home um, and I got into micro subletting because my husband and I, uh, well, he was just my boyfriend then, we rented a two-bedroom apartment in, in Manhattan when we first moved there about six and a half years ago. And, you know, we had a second bedroom and, and it was vacant. You know, we, had, we thought we had friends who would visit all the time, but, you know, they didn't come as, as often as we thought. So this, this extra room was just uh, you know, costing us money and not making us any. So it was the same time that I was also starting Paper Rock Scissors. So it was slow going at first. Um, you know, I put the only capital that I had in the bank into the business, which left me with virtually nothing. And, you know, while I was building this business, I had to, you know, continue to put a little bit of money back into uh, the company and also pay, you know, expenses. So I came up with this idea. I thought, you know, it's Manhattan. People have got to uh, want to stay some other place uh, other than a hotel, someplace cheaper. Um, so I, I tested the waters out on Craigslist at first and immediately, uh, you know, I had inquiries. I just followed that sort of instinct, taking it from there. Brilliant. So it started off knowing that you're in a great area that you already know that people want to come and stay in. Manhattan, I'd love to come and stay there. So I'll be looking you up when the time comes. So how, how did you, was it called micro subletting when you first started or has it since evolved into this this new world that we we now know as micro subletting yeah i mean that that word uh i don't know if it was invented by uh companies like airbnb and rumorama but it wasn't a word that i was using before i had heard about those uh those facilitators um i was just you know sort of renting out uh an extra bedroom uh in my house um you know sort of I thought of it in terms of kind of a bed and breakfast. Uh, I didn't, uh, you know, make anybody uh, breakfast, but we, we provided things for them. Uh, but that's really what I was thinking in terms of uh, when Airbnb was invented, it really changed the, the entire game uh, and, and created a whole subculture, you know, vacationers and, and how they're booking their stays when they're going uh, away. Yeah, so it started to really change, but you were there in the beginning, giving it a go, testing it out. And yeah, I wish I uh, you know, was on the Airbnb team uh, from the beginning. They actually contacted me because uh, when, you know, when they first started the site, they were trying to get users, so they were going to places where people like me were doing you know, the, the micro-subletting, renting out their, their extra space. So they were going on Craigslist and finding people like us and saying, hey, you know, this is a brand new site. We see what you're doing and we would love for you to try out our service. Okay. And did you go ahead and try out Airbnb? Do you now advertise there as well as Craigslist? Uh, so I did try out Airbnb. In the beginning, I was a little bit hesitant because, you know, Craigslist was, in hindsight, well, it was then, um, very easy. Uh, the transactions were easy. There wasn't a third party involved. Uh, it was cash only. But, you know, over the the course of a few months, I realized that Craigslist wasn't uh, probably the best way to to run this business. I did need uh, help doing it, uh, primarily for safety reasons. There's no third party involved, so uh, anything could happen, really. And secondly, it was a cash-only, you know, business where, you know, I became a little bit worried that if there was too much, you know, cash coming in and I, I didn't have receipts for anything, that the IRS would be breathing down my neck. So I quickly, you know, transitioned the business over to Airbnb so it was legitimate, 
and uh, safe. That's really good. So, so really, as you transitioned into to working this more like a business, then sort of the transition came across that you started using the, the bigger companies, the safer route. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. Craigslist uh, as a means of advertising what we're doing, but I push everybody uh, who contacts us through Craigslist to my Airbnb listing. That's a really good idea of getting a bit of extra advertising out there. Yep. Great tip. Thank you. So somebody that was starting to maybe think about micro-subletting now, would you advise them to go to, to the big sites, places like Airbnb, for those safety sort of reasons that we just discussed? Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing more important uh, than the safety of, of you and your family or you know anybody with whom you're living. And these sites essentially provide that. I mean, they, they can't you know, ward off any kind of you know, bad situation. But you know they they are involved when something uh, does happen, and you have you know somebody that you can call on. If you're doing this in an apartment building, you know, I am. We have a condo that we own, so it's not uh, illegal for us to do what we're doing. Um, but you know, in New York, there are a lot of laws popping up, et cetera. So you know, if you're in a in an apartment building and you're not necessarily doing this perfectly legally, you know, you really don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to you know bring that upon your neighbors, and you don't want to ruin your own business uh, by being negligent. Okay, so safety all round. Absolutely. Just make sure you're doing it right. Yeah, that's the, that's the most important thing. And Airbnb and Roomarama and the other sites, uh, you know, they they just because you know that third party is involved. They really uh, provide that sort of safety net. It gives the, the renter, you know, it lets the renter know, hey, you know, they have my information. Uh, Airbnb has verifications through social media, phone numbers, uh, even uh, driver's license. Um, so I can, you know, take a look at those and, and make sure that these people are legitimate. So they, you know, know, hey, they, they've got my information. They have my credit card. So I should not do anything nefarious, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And on my end, you know, I can look at them and say, okay, but they're, they're a legit uh, renter and I feel safer uh, with their verifications uh, to allow them into my home. Excellent. Yeah, I, I just, I do think that that will put a lot of people's minds at ease who are maybe thinking about going down this route, but they don't quite yet know exactly what's involved. Yeah. So that will maybe set some people a bit straight uh, and give them the confidence to actually start this journey. Yeah. So thank you for that. It's, it's one of the uh, you know main questions that we used to get a lot when we first started uh, doing this was, you know, aren't you afraid that, well, well, one, that you have strangers in your house and that they're going to steal something? You know, we're two guys, so we don't have a whole lot of, you know, jewelry and, and sort of expensive things that you can pocket or put in your suitcase. Uh, it's mostly, you know, large electronics. But, you know, it's, it's, that's what's also good about the services. You know, they have built-in insurance clauses. So if anything happened, and, you know, I know that this guest uh, has stolen something, which hasn't uh, happened, I can, I can call the service and say, you know, we need to find a way to deal with this. Very reassuring. So when you first started going, what do you what do you lead with when you're offering your place to rent? Of course, it's it's in Manhattan. It's a great location. Is that what you lead with? Is that what you lots of info about the area, or is it more the facilities that you offer as hosts? So I think it's all of those things. Uh, the first one is uh, the the photos that are on uh, online on the service. Uh, those my photos in particular really stand out because of the color of of our home, and you know I think that we've decorated it very nicely and and urban and and modern, uh, so it really attracts folks. After the photos draw you in, 
now I want to tell you about, uh, you know, the amenities that we offer. And I try to, uh, you know, do research. I, I try to research other properties in the area to see what they're offering and try to, you know, sort of one-up them. And also the price uh, has a lot to do with uh, the attractiveness of the property to potential renters. I primarily try to undercut the competition uh, and, and provide uh, these folks an affordable place to stay. Um, that's how I get more business than a lot of the other people in my area. Uh, and, you know, those things combined, uh, I think that they work uh, together uh, to make sure that we're booked solid most of the year and we don't really have to, um, you know, do much more than that. That's amazing to hear that you're, you're booked solid through most of the year and a good insight, sort of lead with the photos, Sounds lovely, your place, by the way. Lead with the photos, then onto the area, and then really do your research about the competition and undercut them. Great tip. Sure. And I, will, I, I just want to say something about the photos. Uh, now, yeah. I have also used Airbnb as a traveler, and some of the photos that I've seen when I show up to the places, they're not exactly the same. You know, they clean the house for those photos, but uh, maybe they haven't cleaned, uh, they haven't kept it up so much. Since, uh, since they were taken. And I think, oh, no. that, you know, one thing that you really need to, because these are review-based systems, review-based systems that, you know, you want to present uh, exactly what you're advertising uh, to the potential renters. Uh, when, they, when they come to your house and, and it's not as, as it seems uh, on the photos online, they're probably going to let other travelers know to be a little bit weary plus it's not going to be a great experience for the traveler either I, I, I think it's personally I think that it's rude I mean my whole goal is to give you exactly what uh, is is detailed on the listing uh, in terms of the way the house looks the decor you know my commitment to hospitality the amenities that we offer all those things these people are paying for uh, a stay in my home they should get everything that they're expecting. Great attitude. So, so when, when that first booking came in and the people arrived with you, what was that first experience like for you? You know, I can't, um, I don't remember the first experience, but I do, uh, I, I assume that it was, uh, I know that it was a positive experience, uh, which is why I, I wanted to, uh, you know, continue to pursue it. It was, I think, easier and uh, a lot less awkward than I initially thought it would be, at least for me. Uh, my husband uh, may have been a little bit, uh, you know, weary of other folks uh, in our house. But, um, you know, for me, I, I just thought it was, it really gelled with my personality. I enjoy hosting. Uh, I enjoy, you know, having people around. Uh, so this was a great way to um, you know, always meet new people and, and experience new cultures and, and all those things without really having to go too far and making a little money while I'm at it. Yeah, it sounds perfect when you put it like that. So I, I know we've touched on this already, but did you have any real worries? You said m maybe more your husband had worries about having someone stay with you on this basis. So, so on Craigslist, yeah, uh, in the beginning I did have worries because, you know, there was no, uh, there was no accountability. There, you know, I, I didn't have anybody's credit card information or, or uh, you know, there wasn't a third party to make sure that, you know, both sides, uh, you know, toe the line. I did uh, photocopy people's IDs when they came to the house, and I let them know that in the listing that that was part of the process, uh, just so, you know, they, they put it in the back of their head, okay, this guy has my, my ID, so I probably uh, shouldn't uh, do anything bad. 
But, you know, I think that was the only real issue is, is just the safety and, and a potential guest causing a problem uh, in our apartment where, you know, I had to bring in the authorities or the landlord, something like that, that would make me, you know, look like uh, kind of an idiot. So those are the main worries. But in actual fact, that, like we've touched on as well, the, the extra steps that Airbnb, uh, the bigger companies have got in place actually sort of alleviate some of these because it's less likely to happen because of that extra security step with all the information being held. So, yeah, that's but, good news. But you also have to, I think, you know, keep your wits about you. I think that I'm a very good judge of character uh, online and offline. So, you know, I vet my guests and I talk to them and, you know, I get to know them a little bit uh, personally before they arrive, before I even accept their reservation request uh, to come to my home. I want to know where they're from. I want to know why they're, you know, coming to the area. Uh, I want to know, you know, uh, just a little bit about their personality. So I can be sure that we're going to have a, a nice day together. Okay. Do you ever actually speak to them on the phone as well as online before they come? I generally don't uh, in Manhattan. I think that the, um, the email system is perfectly fine. Uh, I do sometimes. So we have a shore house also in, in New Jersey, um, which is a result of, of you know, micro subletting the Manhattan condo. I talk to, to people more on the phone for the, the shore house than I do the condo uh, just because there's more involved with that. Um, but generally, you know, I just keep it all online. Okay. So on that note, you've got a second property. Do you ever go and stay in that second property and then rent out your own home as a complete two-bed property in Manhattan? Uh, we do. That's how you make the big money. So we, we do have the, the good fortune to be able to leave the condo and rent it out to, you know, full families if they want the whole flat. But I think that the, the, the bigger uh, profit is renting out the guest bedroom and the master bedroom separately uh, as two different listings to two separate guests. And we do that often. And we're doing it more often uh, because, you know, we're able to go uh, someplace uh, else and stay to, to make that extra money. And, you know, we've been in the city for six years as well. So for us, uh, you know, we, we really have enjoyed being at the Shore House. It's a slower pace. It's a little relaxing. So it's a very nice respite that we want a little bit more of. And now that we can have it and, and get paid for it, it's really great. Yeah, that sounds really good. And it's a good way of splitting up that, that property rather than letting it, letting it out as a whole. So what do you do with your personal belongings when you do that? Do you leave everything in the property as it was, just as you were living there? Or how does that work? Yep, everything stays, uh, you know, where it is. I just, I feel like my, my listing is, is very thorough and charismatic. And, you know, because I'm, I'm thoroughly vetting uh, my guests, I have no fear whatsoever that anybody is going to uh, take anything. That's really good to know. So that second property, do you... Or did you buy that specifically to rent it out, the Jer New Jersey place? We did, yeah. So the, the idea was to have this place as some place that we could go uh, to relax and, and entertain our friends and family. But the primary goal was to rent it out to, you know, not only pay the mortgage, but also pocket uh, some cash. And this was the first summer, this past summer was the first summer uh, that we were able to rent it out full time. We purchased it uh, last summer. Uh, 2013, and we spent most of that uh, putting it together, furnishing it, uh, you know, painting, things like that. So this was the first summer. We didn't get to use it very much at all this summer. I, I blocked, uh, I think, two weekends altogether from from Memorial Day to Labor Day for, for ourselves. But otherwise, uh, you know, it was other travelers booking their stays. And, you know, 
it was, it's not something that I was opposed to because the Shore House commands a much higher uh, nightly fee than than the condo. In Manhattan, I charge about $89 to $94 per night, depending on the room. Uh, but at the Shore House, I charge $210 per night uh, for up to two people, and then each additional person is, is $30. So it's actually a better deal if you're bringing a lot of folks, if you're split, a lot of adults, if you're splitting that cost, it, it lowers the per person cost. But you know, it's, it, it increases the, the earning potential for me if I can fill the house with eight or nine people over two or three days. Great way of looking at it. So you actually, from this point of view, it's not so bad just to get a couple of weekends because you know that you're financially making sure that property is paid for, which, you know, maybe you can then vacation somewhere else. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it yeah. That was the, the main goal is for it to pay for itself. I mean, that's what an investment is supposed to do. That's what, you know, a good a business person is, is supposed to do. If we started, you know, bleeding cash and couldn't afford, you know, our mortgages, then we would have to re- rethink, uh, you know, this this theory. But to touch on, you know, being able to go on vacation, that's exactly how we look at sort of maybe splurging on a vacation sometimes. If all of our properties are booked or even if the condo is booked, we don't feel so guilty, you know, doing uh, some nicer things while we're on vacation, going to a nice restaurant, doing some more activities. You know, I still... I'm an avid uh, user of the micro subletting site, so we rarely stay in a hotel. Try to cut the cost by by staying uh, with folks on Airbnb. I also just like the the to, to meet you know new folks and have that sort of local experience. So, how much time do you spend getting the place ready for your guests? How do you manage it all between the two properties? Uh, so it is uh, difficult. I mean, especially in the summer when you know I I was coming back and forth from Manhattan to New Jersey. To clean, you know, the shore house, and then I have to clean the condo, and you know, it was it was tough. Uh, we only have one car, city, and, and it's my husband's work car, so he usually has that. And so I would have to take the train, and luckily, you know, and, and this was a you know a, a selling point for us. The train station is right near the the beach house, so I can walk to the train station to the house. Uh, so in the condo, I I spend you know an hour hour and a half getting the rooms ready. I have to launder you know the sheets, the linens, clean up all of the rooms in the house. Uh, just make sure that the house is is basically in pristine shape. It doesn't take you know that long because I do I'm turning it over you know a couple times a week and I'm just generally you know a very organized and tidy person and I've kind of you know systemized this process and I can blow through the house very quickly the the condo rather the shore house is a little bit it takes a little bit more time uh, especially depending on how many folks have stayed the weekend. If it's been, you know, eight or nine people and they've used, you know, all the beds, all the linens, all the towels, and I have to launder, you know, all those those things uh, for the next guest. So, you know, it could take three, four hours total doing all of that and, and, you know, putting the areas back together, windexing and uh, dusting and, you know, everything that goes into cleaning a house. Okay, so it's quite involved. The the point is that you're making sure that that property is pristine at the end of the day. And the best thing that you've done really is to systematize and make sure that it all works like clockwork. Absolutely. I mean, it is is quite involved. But, you know, I think of this as a jobbling. It the cleaning, the, the, the upkeep, the management of, of the bookings, uh, it's all a job to me. Uh, so, you know, I feel like I'm reaping the rewards of this job by, you know, keeping my homes put together and, and always clean and, you know, making sure that my guests are satisfied with their stay 
100% of the time. So if you were to give a piece of advice based on, you know, the things that we've been talking about today, give a piece of advice to someone just starting out with micro subletting, what would that be? One, I think that uh, you shouldn't start micro subletting uh, unless you're hospitality minded. Uh, you know, you really have to be comfortable with people in your house all the time. You have to to you know, make sure that you're giving them the best experience that you can uh, because, number one, they are paying for it, and number two, they will leave reviews. So if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, they will let you know online, which will inform potential uh, new guests whether or not they want to stay with you. And if you have four reviews, you're not going to run uh, a very good business. There are a couple of other tips. Uh, I've actually written an article um, on you know, how to rent your place on Airbnb and succeed for uh, a site called Wisebread, a uh, personal finance site. And so I have like 12 tips on there. I think the most important of them uh, is, is basically to you know, vet your potential guests thoroughly. I never accept locals also under any circumstances uh, in, in Manhattan. I do in Jersey just because it's a different dynamic, but if you're in a city, I highly recommend not to accept any locals at all. Uh, they, they generally come with problems. They're breaking up with their girlfriend. They got evicted, and you don't want any of that drama in your house. Okay, good advice. And uh, another thing to, to really think about uh, that a lot of people, especially when they're bringing in a whole lot of cash and, and you, know, you feel like Scrooge McDuck uh, swimming through your, your, your dollar bills and your coins, uh, you need to prepare for the taxes because you have to pay them. Uh, 1099 at the end of the year, um, which will tell you, uh, you know, the income that you've made, and, and you've got to take that to your accountant. And uh, you know, if you've made a decent amount of money through the year, you're going to get slapped with a, a pretty hefty tax payment, uh, and you want to make sure that you've got that money in the bank to pay it. So for the bookings, you know, I, I would recommend taking uh, two thirds of that money and putting it into savings, and using a third for you know, general upkeep of the property uh, to enhance it or, you know, using it as disposable income if you want. I mean, you know, you don't want to work your butt off and, and not be able to, uh, you know, enjoy the fruits of, of your labor. Excellent. So so from the, the tax point of view, it's really the beginning point. That's where you get advice. That's where you need to find out exactly what your responsibilities are going to be for tax and start planning ahead, putting that money aside to make sure you don't get yourself into a pickle at the end yeah, I mean, of that year. At the end of the year, you know, if you're, if you're making you know, a decent living off of micro subletting, and you get slapped with a tax fine that you can't afford, it, you just spent a whole year basically wasting your time. Yeah, that would be a horrible position to be in. So you say that you've written um, an article. So is it right if I link that up in the show notes so people can have to read through that? Absolutely. The article is called This is How You Rent Your Place on Airbnb and Succeed. And it's on a site called wisebread.com, spelled exactly how it sounds. And, uh, you know, I think that they're pretty comprehensive tips uh, you know, I consider my, myself an expert uh, in this after, you know, six plus years doing it. And it really, I'm really passionate about it. I think that it's a brilliant way to make uh, extra money. I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's a very easy way once you, you know, get it down pat. Uh, and I, I recommend it to, to anybody who thinks that they can pull it off and, and pull it off well. Yeah, you, you definitely sound really passionate. You sound like you know exactly what you're doing. So I'd be so excited to read that article and I'm sure our listeners would as well. So if you head on over to holidayletsuccess.com and I will link that up in Mikey's show notes. So 
talking about starting out with micro subletting, people that are thinking of investing in the vacation rental markets in the future, do you think that sort of starting on this sort of basis without a, a major commitment of an investment into a property, that maybe trying micro subletting is a good way of testing the waters, find out if you're going to be a good host and if you can handle a flow of guests and you can treat them right and give them a good experience. Absolutely. I wouldn't uh, recommend to anybody to invest in a proper property to uh, strictly manage a micro-subletting business from. It, it is tough work and, and you don't know, you know, you really don't know what's going to happen. You know, I, I'm fortunate enough to live in a city like Manhattan where there are always people uh, but there are even slow times uh, there, you know, from January, right after New Year's uh, Day, really, until the end of March, when it's sort of deathly cold. People have spent all their holiday money, and, you know, for whatever reasons, uh, it's much slower. So I can imagine, you know, other areas that, that, that don't always have this influx of people uh, will, be, will be up and down. I wouldn't also recommend to anybody to, you know, rent a place that's out of their their budget in terms of, you know, whatever kind of other income you're bringing in. I mean, I have a, a whole other business that basically pays my life bills and micro subletting business. I just funnel all to savings, uh, essentially. So, you know, definitely test it out. Find out if it's for you. See if it will work. I would spend a couple of years doing that, in fact, so you can really get uh, great at it and be able to judge for yourself, okay, you know, this is a, a viable source of income, a steady source of income. And, you know, perhaps I can pursue it uh, further with another property. But with those other properties, you know, you have to be smart about the areas in which you're buying. You know, we, we bought this second property near the beach. You know, it has uh, good transportation from Manhattan. There are, you know, it's, it's a very uh, historical sort of music town. Bruce Springsteen uh, grew up around here. So there are a lot of draws to this area. And, uh, you know, now I'm thinking about a third property in uh, Baltimore, which is my hometown, uh, for the same reason, the neighborhood is very young professional. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in terms of restaurants and and music and activities, and it's in very close proximity to uh, both major league uh, baseball and football stadiums, and now a new casino, the Inner Harbor, things like that. So those are all you know factors that that you need to think about, if especially if you're going to purchase a property for the sole purpose of micro-subletting. Yeah, that's really good advice. So, so it's really, what I got from that is to make sure that you are checking out the area, you're doing your research before you go ahead and look at purchasing somewhere. You've got to put yourself in the shoes of someone wanting to come and visit and just make sure there's actually stuff there for people to do when they arrive rather than, yeah. you know, ending up with a place on the on the top of a hill which might be beautiful but it's not really going to attract people because there's nothing to do when you get there. Sure. I mean, yeah, people want to come and, and uh, relax but they also want activities and, you know, good restaurants at which to eat, things like that. There was uh, one other thing. I don't know, I forgot. No worries. So what would you say that micro-subletting has allowed you to do financially? As did the, the start of the micro-subletting with the Manhattan place has allowed you to go on to buy Jersey and now, again, allowing you to move on to this potential third property? Is that all down to the micro-subletting? It absolutely is. So we bought the third, or I'm sorry, we bought the shore property because we were bringing in uh, enough money on top of both of our regular incomes to be able to make an extra mortgage and the expenses that come with this house work. Uh, so before this summer, uh, it was basically, you know, we were we were paying the, the mortgages on both houses 
but you know, stretching our our budget a, a bit. Now that we've gotten through the first summer of renting at the Shore House, uh, and I've been able to you know use one business, uh, Paper Rock Scissors, to fund you know my life uh, to pay for you know whatever I need to pay for. Uh, I'm able to funnel all of the money, and I've made a conscious decision of this. Uh, to funnel all of the money into savings from the from the micro subletting business, so I can make another investment. Incredible! So be financially savvy, and you can really win yeah. in the micro subletting world. I will say it's very easy though to get caught up in in the extra money that you're making if you're doing it well, and sort of you know go on a, a spending spree or you know some kind of bonanza. Which I think that you know in the beginning, uh, we like I said, we've been doing this for over six years. Might have happened a little bit, but you know as I get older and uh, wiser and and uh, realize that there really is a, earning, a serious earning potential here and I want to continue to build on that. The initial spending has curtailed and uh, you know, I'm, I'm very much uh, more serious about it. Yeah, so really treat it as a business is what I got from that. Treat it, really treat it as a business and be savvy and you can actually invest in your future with this not just bring in a little bit of extra cash yeah you, you definitely can if you're in the right area you, you really can do it mikey what's your recipe for success uh, just to recap just uh you know to be uh committed to the hospitality uh and to your guests to provide them uh everything that you're putting uh in your listing uh because they are paying for it to do your research in your area that's what i was going to say earlier actually before you buy the property uh, in uh, a new area, you need to look on the micro subletting sites and see who is around. Uh, check their calendars and see how you know often they're booked. See you know what the general price is uh, in that area. And I typically like to undercut the competition, so I need to make sure that by undercutting them, I can all, I can still make uh, a profit. The last thing is is you know just to to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to give. Uh, these folks the best day that that you can amazing thank you so would it be all right with you if i linked up straight through to your property listing on airbnb in the show notes that would be amazing i would love to have uh i would love to welcome some of your guests uh into to, to my home. And I'd love to take a look at the property as well. It sounds gorgeous. And if anybody listening that is going into micro subletting, they can really use your listing as a, a bit of a, a guide to exactly how to put together their list, working to what we spoke about earlier, the photos, research the area. So they can use that as a really good guide on, on moving forwards. So I will link that up on holidayletsuccess.com and you will be able to take a look at Mikey's property there and see exactly what he has done. Yeah. So Mikey, let, sorry, you go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so I think that if you, can, if you compare the, the article that you're going to link, how to uh, rent on Airbnb and succeed, and my listing, uh, you'll see that all the things that I'm writing about, I've instituted in this listing. There is, uh, you know, one part of the listing. It's sort of this, you know, overview or, or detail section of of the property. And one thing that I think uh, has stood out from a lot of other people and that potential guests have actually mentioned is the conversational tone and the charisma that I put into uh, the description. You know, I I sort of have written it like I speak. You know, I try to be a little bit funny, uh, just so you get to know a little bit about my personality before you come. It eases the the awkwardness and the hesitation from potential uh, guests, uh, especially new guests, on whether or not they want to, you know, sort of embark on on a micro subletting experience. 
and that's the goal. You know, I want to uh, I want you to feel instantly comfortable in my home before you even send an inquiry. Fantastic. And all great advice. I'm going to be looking out for your book. You surely that's going to be your next project. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Unfortunately, I don't think that I have the time with all of these, uh, you know, properties and the other business. Uh, yeah. But, you know, perhaps it's in the future. Yeah, that would be great. I would definitely be queuing up to read that. So, Mikey, thank you. Tell us how we can get in touch with you, please. So you can find me on Facebook, uh, Mikey Rocks, R-O-X. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, at Mikey Rocks. That's about it. I, I try to stick to uh, those three uh, social media profiles. I can't, uh, I can't do much more. That's fantastic. Mikey, I really want to thank you for your time today. It's been enlightening and I'm sure it's given people thinking about getting into either the vacation rental industry or the subletting uh, a really good overview of exactly what it takes to be exceptional in this business. So many thanks. Thank you, Mikey. We'll say goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you. It was my pleasure uh, and uh, have a good day, Elaine. Yeah, and same to you, Mikey. It's been a pleasure. Take care now. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. So, the complete blueprint of how to successfully let through Airbnb. I really enjoyed chatting to Mikey. I just think his whole ethos of how to... Go ahead and make sure that your guest, as they arrive, whether you're micro subletting, and I do think this runs through vacation rental, holiday let, making sure that your guest is cared for, welcomed, looked after, and given top priority. They have, after all, as Mikey pointed out, paid to come and stay with you. So you have to do your utmost to ensure that they are welcome, comfortable, happy, and give them any help that you can about the area. Because one of the big things about staying Airbnb is that you're usually with the host. The host knows the area. They live area. They work most likely the area. And so it would make sense that they would be able, they would be the best placed to give you advice and insider ideas of where to go, the best places. So if you'd like to recap exactly what Mikey shared with us, head on over to Mikey's show notes, holidayletsuccess.com, and you'll be able to read through step-by-step step exactly the steps that he takes in order to ensure success with the Airbnb market. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, I am going to do the same thing UK side. Now, he lives in Manhattan. I live in the Cotswolds. It's a very, very different, different animal. So I'm going to test it out and you will be able to track my progress. I'm going to start with photographs of what the place looks like at the moment. And I'm going to list exactly and document exactly what I did to list the property, the whole process that I went through, what I include in the property or the room as it really is. It's a sort of a freestanding, self-contained room which is in our garden we, we live in a, a Victorian walled garden and in this little wall is a beautiful little room which we we've done up as an office for my husband um, it has a fold-out bed in there and I would like to make it absolutely beautiful it's got its own bathroom 
um, and I will create a little kitchenette area as well. So you'll be able to see exactly what I do over at holidayletsuccess.com and you'll be able to see how it all works UK side. So keep posted for that. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure. Anything you want to ask me, head on over to the contact page, bob me an email at holidayletsuccess.com and I will reply to you. It's going to be great to go through this process and I can't wait to share it with you. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us today. Head on over to holidayletsuccess.com for full recaps of every show, our useful and usable resources, and great blog articles. Your Holiday Let Success awaits. See you on the other side.